0: friend. It's Hugh Grant. It's old Hugh Grant. Uh, you, m- you might remember young Hugh Grant, the charming, befuddled the uh, young man that stole your hearts and uh, four weddings and a funeral. But this is as I am today. And I'm here to talk to you today about John Player's Gold Leaf Tobacco. It's absolutely the finest tobacco that you can purchase on the market today. I've been smoking it for 20 years, Uh. and uh, I can tell you that it has been smooth, it has properly affected my T-zone, and I don't have an issue at all with these cigarettes. So, if you are a smoker, and by God you should be, you'll want to try John Player's Gold Leaf, available in the regular, the king size, super kings, and 180mm longies.
1: Was there something about a movie you wanted to hear? Uh, Hugh, you've been on twice. Yeah. You, you know what mm. the podcast is called. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I did those,
0: uh, those, uh, many years ago. Uh, it was uh, only a few weeks ago. No, 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 no. It was when I was young and, okay. and fresh. And, uh, I experimented a lot with young men. And, uh, Come again? Uh, 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 uh certainly, certainly. But pr- Prostitutes, uh. Of assault that would be in your car, but uh, I, I, you know, I was a good person, and uh, I'm here today to say that I am a good person, and John Player is a good person, and he
1: provides you with the finest gold leaf tobacco. So, why don't you just uh, you know what, Hugh? You know what, you did great, thank you. I'm gonna go have a cigarette, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, for screen and country, does not endorse cigarettes, no, it's or... a terrible
0: habit, don't smoke,
1: <laughs> or that, or any companies. Uh, that you know, sell them. John Player Gold Leaf. That's like some cheap shit. He's just trying
0: to. He's getting a good, good paycheck from them. Well, are not even allowed to advertise cigarettes anymore.
1: No, and he came in with like this sport jacket, wearing yeah. all these brands, and he was just smoking, just openly smoking. He didn't even ask you in our studio. In our studio. Yeah, there is a no smoking sign right there. And I argued
0: against that. I uh, certainly, I, I worked very hard to not have that in here, but Brendan insisted,
1: and it is his studio. Thank you. I don't appreciate the. Puffs of smoke.
0: That's what they call them.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't smoke, so I don't know. I never smoked anything <laughs> in my life, Jason, no, never, you know that. Never once. So, Jason, this is a podcast. We should probably introduce this because oh, Hugh yeah, Grant yeah, we'll, we'll did it, not. We'll, no, he didn't. Uh, this is called... For Screen And Country. And I am Brendan. And I'm Jason. And we are a duo. A duo. A do A duo. A pair of lonely ones who were meant to make it two. Hey. That sounds a great addition. That sounds like we're going to take a shit. I mean, yeah, we are. Oh. We're going to hold hands together forever. He gives you his heart, and he loves you together forever. Okay, I'm not this singing. is
0: a podcast about British films, and in fact, the top one hundred <laughs> British films, as uh, as handed down from God Himself in nineteen hundred and ninety nine to the British Film Institute. God and Jesus. That's right. They made this list, and uh, we're going to talk about one of those movies today.
1: We are. We're going to talk about, in fact, uh, number 32 on the list. But before we do that, Jason, we got to talk a little bit about some sense and or sensibility. Yeah, let's check in check in for what uh. okay we don't have it to waste any, we can't waste any time we don't have clearance for anything no just saying so we, let's get to it we gotta get to it we gotta get to sense of sensibility comments first comment so mark it. mark newfang he says love it it's a beautiful faithful adaptation of austin's book in emma thompson's very capable hands when it came out in the theaters in 1995, I saw it a couple times. I was so impressed by it. Also, be sure to watch Emma Thompson's Oscar acceptance speech for this. She's funny, classy, perfect. Hey, you know what? What? Let's listen to it.
2: All right, let's hear it. I don't really know how to thank the Academy for this. Um, and if I try, we'll be here till Christmas. So I better get on. Um, before I came, I went to visit Jane Austen's grave uh, in Winchester Cathedral to pay my respects, you know, and tell her about the groceries. And, um... I don't know how she would react to an evening like this, but I do hope, I do hope she knows how big she is in Uruguay. Um... Profound thanks to Columbia Pictures in the lovely forms of Lisa Henson, Gareth Wigan and Mark Canton for hiring a, a first-time writer. Um, um, to James Seamus for his rare intelligence. Um, to Sydney Pollock for asking all the right questions like, why couldn't these women go out and get a job? Um, <laughs> why, indeed. Um, to, to the cast and crew for being impeccable. Um, to my friend and my teacher Lindsay Duran for being the single most frustrating reason why I can't claim all the credit for myself. Um, and finally, I would like, with your permission, uh, to dedicate this Oscar to our director, Ang Lee. Ang, wherever you are, this is for you.
1: <laughs> was Ang Lee like, 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 was he missing? Was he just. <laughs> He's Marlon Brandoing the Oscar. <coughs> no, I don't know. But. Yes, it's a lovely speech. And no, Emma great. Thompson is a fucking goddess. Yeah, I love lovely. her. She's lovely. Uh, Bekeleze Devo, mm-hmm. our next commenter, our Next commenter says, Alan Rickman is great in this. Okay. <laughs> True. He makes me cry with just the look on his face when he's taking in Kate Winslet. I'm a sucker for Jane Austen adaptations. I really enjoy Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. And Love and Friendship is a riot. You've seen all those, right? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What does uh oh returning commenter Sharon Horwat
0: Sharon Horwat Sharon thanks for commenting Sharon I adore this movie she says Kate Winslet and Emma Thompson are perfectly cast as the sisters, and Alan Rickman and Hugh Grant are fantastic as well. Like many women, I love many Jane Austen stories, especially *Pride and Prejudice*. The most accurate Austen adaptation is the *Pride and Prejudice* miniseries with Colin Firth, but I also have a soft spot for the 2005 adaptation with Kieran Knightley. A fun modern adaptation was an, uh, an internet web dating series called, or an internet web series called *Lizzie Bennet Diaries*, which was produced by Hank Green. I know Hank, and is quite good. What is it, who, is it, who else we got here? Missy Kerrigan says 1995 Persuasion with Amanda Root and Sirian Hines as Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth.
1: I that, assume that's her... That's her favorite Austen. I also, also favorite ask favorite. people like what their favorite kind of Jane oh, Austen okay. adaptations uh, are.
0: Uh, Stephanie Douglas says I adore this version. The scene with Eleanor and Edward at the end takes me down
1: every time. It is really good. Yeah, it's and you Like you said when we recorded this episode... Um, it's one of the best crying scenes mm, in a movie. Absolutely. Like, it feels so real. Oh, yeah. She's totally got it raw. Uh, Allison Skirtik says, I love this version of Sense and Sensibility. I also saw a musical adaptation on stage that was amazing. My favorite adaptation, though, is Emma, the BBC miniseries version, with Romola uh, Gary, Johnny Miller, and Michael Gambon. Uh, JF says, This version is lovely. All capital letters Mm. High spirited And genuinely Gut bustingly funny All hail the Queen Emma Thompson And her beautiful screenplay That being said If you want to kick around With these characters A little longer The 2008 miniseries We're getting a lot of that Mm. Is quite good as well And has a more Satisfying outcome Oh Okay Might be interesting uh, Mercy Roddenburn says God I love this film I love the actors The music The scenery The dialogue The absolute humanity of it I could watch it right now I'm trying to get my 15 year old daughter To watch it But she's hedging And I'm like I took you to see those Shitty Smurfs and Chipmunks movie movies You will watch Sensibi- Sense and Sensibility And you will love it Listen to your mother That's right I know you're also listening to this podcast yes. With your mother <laughs> Listen to her Watch the movie She's a smart cookie What is... Andrew Littlefield, have to say. I also really enjoyed the 1940 version of Pride and Prejudice with
0: Greer Garson as Lizzie and Lawrence Olivier as Mr. Darcy. That yeah, Laurence Olivier. Uh, Melanie Manning says she loves this version except for Kate Winsland's terrible wig. And that's the
1: most negative comment I could find about this. <laughs> yeah, bad wig. <laughs> um, okay, so Kate uh, Kate Brown says... Kate Matthias
0: Brown says, I love this and have loved it since I was 11. Love, love, love. However, I actually prefer the twenty-eight or the 2008 miniseries. I adore Emma Thompson. Don't get me wrong, but I think Hattie Mur- Morahan is a flawless Eleanor. And also Dan Stevens as brilliant as Edward. It's also just better as an adaptation, which is part of the nature of a movie versus miniseries beast. As far as my favorite Austin adaptations, 20, 2008 Sense of Sensibility, 1995 Pride and Prejudice, 2009 Emma. Persuasion is also my favorite novel, but I haven't seen an adaptation I love yet. And Clueless. Always clueless. Yeah, a lot of like actually, a couple people mentioned clueless, and yeah. that's a movie I haven't seen. I I think I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it except that I think Paul Rudd and Donald Faison are in it as well as um, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Yes.
1: Well, she's the star. She is the star, and still a star today. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> Batgirl for the ages. Okay, so our final thing is actually a tweet we received. Oh, from at female nonsense. We can get those now. We can get those. At huh. female nonsense says. Hey, I love this episode, thank you very much, and I've always been a giant fan of the film. However, you are both wrong about Lucy Steele. Are we? Lucy Steele being the one that's originally yep. engaged to Edward, or secretly engaged to Edward. Tell us how we're wrong, please. She knows exactly what she is doing. Uh. She is a stone-cold player. Oh, Check out the bit with the hanky that she shows to Eleanor deliberately. Huh. So, like, his little initials yeah. on it. Oh. Um, she also said, also, did you know that the guy playing Robert Ferrer, Ferrers, who is... Uh, the brother Hugh Grant's brother in the yeah. movie is married in real life or was married in real life to Emma, Sto- Emma, Thompson- Emma Stone <laughs> to Emma Thompson's sister Sophie huh. who was in four weddings and a funeral as Lydia, the girl who gets married in the second wedding. Oh, weird. That was Sophie Thompson. I never put that together. What a strange connection. Uh, the more you know, etc. And then she says, wait, they were married only till 2015. Huh. Too bad. Suck it. Um, she also says, by the way, Ang Lee may have been a left field choice for sense of sensibility, but I've often remarked upon the fact that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, actually has a pretty similar plot. Two women, one impulsive, one cautious, and how they deal with it. Huh.
0: Yeah, that's right, I suppose, yeah. So there
1: you go. I've, Neat. It's another movie I've never
0: seen. You should see it, it's good. I've it's good. heard. I've heard good things! Some, some top-notch early 2000s
1: wire foo. Well, guys, I'm sorry I had to rush through that, but there was a lot of comments, and we had to get them quick. We had to cut the bullshit. That's right. The usual bullshit we do, that we're doing right now. Because we need to get to today's movie. Well, before we do that, yeah. we need to do a little comparison. Okay. So we need to compare this movie which is number 62 Mm -hmm. of the BFI top 100 when I say we need to I mean we've been ordered by by the British monarchy
0: Queen herself sent us a a letter with a a signet ring uh, stamp on it. Well, I received a mini-disc communique from Kate Middleton. Which is the most advanced form of communication (laughs) in the modern era. Which is a joke only funny to us because of what we just talked about moments ago. And only funny to a certain segment of the audience that might also listen to a
1: different podcast. (gasps) What were they thinking? (laughs) Check out the Wing Commander episode for more. Woo! Uh, But we will compare 62, see what 62 is on the American Film Institute Top 100, the newest list 2007. Number 62 on the AFI is George Lucas's American Graffiti. Which I've never actually seen, Brendan. Really? Yeah. I have. I've wanted to because I feel like it's like Happy Days before Happy Days. It's a pretty, well, it was like 1973, so I think it was after Happy was Days. Was it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: Wasn't Happy I mean, Ron Days Howard like f- was in
1: it. Happy Days was like, yeah, but Ron Howard is an adult in it, I think. Hey Siri, when did Happy Days premiere? Which one? I found three. Happy Days was released oh, okay. on the fifteenth of January, nineteen seventy-four. There you go. Well, fuck you, Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri, go fuck yourself. That's it what I thought. To you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, anyway, American Graffiti—you've never seen it? No. Um, I have seen it. I would say I'd give it to Sense of Sensibility. Yeah. Uh, American Graffiti is a good movie. It's a, a lot of rolling
0: up and down the road, as I understand.
1: Yeah. Um... Parts of it are kind of problematic now. Well yeah. It was in the fifties though. There's a weird like uh relationship with like a the girl's like thirteen or oh. something. And the guy's like, I don't know, twenty. Is Jerry Lewis in this movie? Uh yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> no. But it's a good movie. Um Wolfman Jack, isn't it? Hey, clap for the Wolfman.
0: Ha <laughs> you got the curves, baby. I got the angles.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, uh, I give it the sense of sensibility. Yeah. And I guess you'll have to by default. I, by default,
0: yes, absolutely.
1: So, having said that, Jason, we have talked about this movie. We have covered this movie's basis. Yes. Now we need to get to this week's film, Room at the Top. <laughs> Yes, that's right, folks. Jazzing it up. We're doing number 32 on the list, Room at the Top. A movie I had heard the name of, but mm. had no idea anything beyond that. I didn't know a single thing about this movie when we pulled it last Never week. even heard the name? Never even heard the name, really. I well, mean, I
0: think I've heard a room at the top as a phrase, maybe, but... I got a Yeah,
1: and the song. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Jack Clayton, mm-hmm. and it stars Lawrence Harvey as Joe Lambton. Simone Signore as Alice, mm-hmm. Heather Sears as Susan, yep. Donald Wolfett as her father, Hermione Badalé as Elspeth, who may not seem important, but we have to talk about her a little bit. She's the woman who lives with Alice. Oh, yes. She has a few pretty good scenes in this one. Yeah. She's literally about two and a half yep. minutes of screen time. Uh, Alan Cuthbertson, who plays George, Alice's husband, mm. and John Westbrook, who plays Jack, Susan's... Uh, Fiance, I guess? Well, he's more of a suitor. I don't think that they're actually engaged. About to be fiance. He's like the pre fiance fiance. All that being said, Jason, what in the shit is this movie about?
0: Well, we open this movie on a train and we see Lawrence Harvey's feet in socks as he kicks back and relaxes on his journey from the small town of Dufton
1: to the big city of. My notes say Warnley, Warnley, yeah, something like that. So you're saying our old pal Lawrence Harvey from Darling, from Darling, yes, absolutely, playing Uh, a very different character, playing a slightly, maybe slightly less shitty person, maybe Uh, more shitty. I don't know. We'll see.
0: More emotional person for sure. So our our hero, I guess, if you want to call him that, our protagonist. He's uh, he's 25. He's ambitious. He looks like he's 40.
1: He's lean, he's lanky, he's lean, ready to lanky, roll lanky,
0: ready to fuck
1: I mean, that might be I mean, attributed to money? The, the 40 thing might be attributed to Laurence Olivier being a very heavy smoker for his entire life Yeah, well, exactly. And he did die when he was like 45
0: Well, I looked it up and he was 31 when this movie was made And he's playing a 25 year old and he looks like he's 45 So there you go so yeah, he's uh, Now this was in the old days, Brendan And I may have mentioned this on a previous episode But this is in the old days when you could go get a job And then theoretically stay in that job for 30 years And then retire with a full pension mm. uh, Maybe get promoted along the way So that's what his plan is And he's gotten a job working for the the town Working for the actual town of Warnley In the city hall there, in the town hall um, He's starting off at 1,000 pounds a year Now if we remember from this sporting life He gets 1,000 pounds down like, mm-hmm. right out of the gate. This guy makes a thousand pounds a year. So it's not great. So it's not great money. But there's, you know, there's a possibility of advancement, and that's what he wants. Right. So uh, while he's, you know, he's there, he takes notice of a young lady, one Susan Brown, that we learn is the daughter of the town bigwig.
1: Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Because I don't think we ever get his first name. We don't, yeah, we who needs it? Well, his first uh, name is uh, Mr. We'll,
0: we'll call him Jerry. Like the governor of California, former governor of California, Jerry Brown,
1: and his wife Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt, that's right. <laughs> Who is looking rough in this movie? Mm-hmm, very much so.
0: Uh, so he takes notice of Susan Brown. She's Mister Brown's daughter, and and she's very young and very nubile.
1: Yeah, um, she's
0: like I think she's supposed to be like what twenty? I think she's more like sixteen. That's the impression I
1: get that she's like really? sixteen,
0: seventeen, still kind of in high school or getting near the end of it.
1: Um, well, relieved. He's 25. Relieved that the actress is in her early twenties. Yes, <laughs>
0: the actress is certainly legal. Um, so yeah, he immediately starts heading on her because she's kind of cute, and um, despite the fact that she also, despite the fact that she seems to be involved with another fellow who we meet, uh, Jack uh, Wales. Jack Wales. Yeah. And we find out uh, it's one of the most unlike one of the <laughs> one of the yeah between him and George might be two of the most unlikable characters on screen. He is more of
1: a weasel. Yeah. George is scarier. Yeah, he's yeah exactly. He's, he's terrifying. Terrifying.
0: But we learn that uh, both uh, both Joe and and Jack are, are veterans. They both served in the Second World War. Both P- POWs. Both POWs. Both pilots. Both POWs. Uh, however, well, first off, I thought all pilots were officers, mm. and Jack is an officer. Uh, Joe, not so much. Joe was a sergeant, or was a sergeant. I guess he was a pilot? I don't know. didn't know the sergeants were pilots. But you I, know what? It was a war. You had to take what you could get.
1: I didn't quite understand the thing where he kept calling him sergeant and he was like he bothered was, by that. Well,
0: because he was doing it, because, because Jack is a more upper class, because this, this whole movie is a class thing. Right? Oh yeah.
1: It's all about class. Much because,
0: like last week. Yeah. Because Jack is, uh, he's upper class, upper crust, he's an officer, so he's, he's he, you know, he's got this very high status, whereas... Jack, or Joe, rather, is he's an enlisted man, he's from a working class town, he's a working class guy, so, you know, in in England, they tend to, the the class system used to mean a lot more, and the top of the class system was more than happy to be condescending and shitty toward lower class people when it suited them. So, so yeah, he calls him sergeant basically to mock him, and to piss him off, which does... Poking, poking at his war record, too, being like, oh, so what did you do? And he's like, oh, I, I got captured. He's like, oh, I got captured, too, later in the war, but I escaped.
1: Yeah, and, and <laughs> Joe basically was in a, uh, or Lawrence Harvey, Joe, whatever, was POW for like three years. Yeah, he
0: was in a, in a camp. He spent that time getting his accountancy degree. <laughs> Doing which, his, working on his which studies. Which is the most
1: British thing Which is the most
0: British thing, yeah. You're gonna, stuck in a war camp. Well, that's the thing. You're stuck in a POW camp. You may as well, you know, better yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. The same thing with going to jail. If they've got programs, you may as well take this them. This is not a
1: bridge on the River Kwai situation. No,
0: no. So, um... So the whole point of this... So, he knows who Susan is. He knows who she's related to. He wants to advance his life and career. And if he could do that by banging a hot young chick, uh, he'll do it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so... He wants to get in with Susan Good, but he's having trouble kind of like figuring out a social situation to really encounter her in to kind of get her alone because she's usually with with Jack. So he joins the local theater company when he finds out that she's been in a recent play. She's playing a lead role. He goes and sees it, is impressed, and uh, then joins the theater company to get closer to her. But unfortunately for Joe... She's not going to be in the next play because she had her turn.
1: And I got to say, I, this is a thing in movies that I love: is when great actors have to play a character that is a bad. That actor. That is a bad actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is always fun. Um,
0: so he joined So he now he's in the theater company and he uh, auditions for uh, another play, or or maybe is in the play. I don't know. I think if they he's auditioned. in the play. I, I think, he's, think he's in it.
1: He's like the lover in the play.
0: Yeah. Uh, he. So he. He's working with the actors up there, and one of the actors he meets is a lady named Alice.
1: Played by Simone
0: Signore. Who, by the way, gets top billing in this movie. Does she? In in the credits? You
1: know she, what? She's the first name. You know what? Probably deservedly should. so. Probably deservedly. She's great.
0: Yeah. Um, she is a, a a lady of a certain age, and when I say she's a lady of a certain age, she's fucking thirty five. That the, the, there's some parts in this movie where they treat her like she's a fucking grandmother.
1: Now this is she's thirty
0: five years old. She's my age.
1: Yeah, this is a thing I've noticed with a lot of older movies yeah. is that, and it's a reflection on Hollywood too. Is that a lot, a lot of times, especially back in the day, you get thirty five year old women would would they all the parts they would get would be like a mother. Yeah. And that's just... That's such a sad state of affairs. Yeah. Like, I feel like there are so many women out there, like, you know, in their 50s and maybe even 60s that could still play, like, yeah. you know, just any other you role. Any it doesn't role have you put to be... It doesn't yeah. have to be, like, a mother. It could be, like, a, oh. a, a top billing and, like, a rom-com. could be a
0: ninja assassin. There's got to be a 60-year-old lady that could play the ninja uh, assassin That movie. was...
1: That sounded... St- like... That's <laughs> sort of condescending of me to be like, you could be in a rom com.
0: <laughs> you could be in anything you want to be, dear.
1: Like a romantic comedy, yeah. you silly girl. But yeah, but no, yes, she could so, be. In, yeah. So Alice is, is an old lady. She's 35. Oh my God. I think uh, the age difference between the actors is about seven years. Yeah, I mean, it's so, nothing.
0: Yeah, it, and. It, yeah, exactly. It's not... Well, I mean, it, it's 10 years in the movie, so
1: it's not that right. big a difference, right? But, I mean, I, they definitely, like, aged her up. Yeah, absolutely. With makeup and shit. They um, made her
0: look... Like, they
1: made her look 50. Yeah, exactly. They made her look like a real old lady. Yeah. Um,
0: and so Alice is in the play. She's acting away. She's also... She's married to George, who is another kind of upper-class twit. Yes. Um... He's scary, though, and... He, he has a lot of power. He has a lot of power, and is clearly just... hes He goes on a lot of trips where he's clearly fucking his uh, oh, secretary. I and read. he almost
1: says it. He almost says it
0: out loud. He's like, yeah.
1: oh, I have to go deal with things. Yeah, I he clearly doesn't give a
0: shit. She knows. I'm going. going he to knows Leeds. she knows. Yeah. And she knows, he knows she knows. <laughs> so he's, 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 he's uh, like, there, there's, there's a British word for a guy like that prig he's a prig so i joe, am broken you should be so joe is intrigued by alice they have a confrontation on stage actually because he, he pronounces
1: brazier wrong he,
0: well is he trying and to know i wasn't sure was he trying to say brazier right or was he trying to say brazier maybe i thought like, that was like meaning like a like a like a a, a thing that heats up a
1: room a brazier okay. well, what does he say though? he says well,
0: he says, like, says brazier oh and I, I think it was brazier was the word that That's, makes a lot more yeah. sense because I was like why? And everybody laughs it? at it and yeah. thinks it's real funny and he kind of gets mad because they make some joke about him being lower class and he's like I am lower class and I'm proud of it mm-hmm. and the director's like no you're not you're uh, an accountant from Charleston and you're playing this role and yeah. go
1: back to get it get into character you son yeah. of a
0: bitch get that shit together so afterwards, he goes outside. He sees Alice. He says, hey, look, I'm sorry for what I did. Can I take you for coffee? She's like, no, you can't take me for coffee, but you can take me for a drink. Hi-yo. And so off they go to drink. And they have a chat, and they get, you know, they both seem to really like each other. And he explains to her his situation with Susan, Then he wants to ask Susan out. And she encourages him to
1: do so, saying, like, look, you got to be confident. you got to do it. And she, yeah, she's the only one, we should note, she's the only one... That when he says that, when yeah. he makes mention of him going after Susan, she's the only one that's not like, She's out of your class. Yeah. Like, don't no. don't bother. Every
0: everybody else in this movie is pretty much against him hooking up with Susan. Well, against him marrying
1: Susan. I think some people are against it because they don't want him to do it, and some people are against it because they're like, Don't bother, it's a it's a dead end. You're yeah. not gonna get anywhere with it. No, him. exactly. We have a very strict Horrible system. Yeah,
0: she she's (laughs) upper class, and uh, you are
1: pawn scum.
0: Remember last week? We everybody was talking about inheritance. Yeah, Yeah, no,
1: I'm saying like it's crazy that we did Sense and Sensibility last week because it's very much the same theme, similar kind of themes. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like we planned this. We didn't.
0: So Joe calls up Alice, and they have a little chat, and he's trying to ask her out, but uh, she has to hang the phone up at some point because her mother comes into the room. Now that's why I think she's like 16 because that's a total 16 year
1: old move, and she does a very like innocent young person pose on the bed. Oh too? no, she's
0: doing what is known as the pose, which is where you're lying on your stomach and have your feet up in the air yeah. crossed behind you. She's doing the it's pose. The
1: school girl talking to cute boys on the yep. phone pose. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I really hope she's not supposed to be sixteen. <laughs> I, I feel like it has to be that. I feel like you're right. But she bro. hangs
0: up the phone, but she's like, oh I gotta go, I gotta go. And she hangs up the phone. He goes back and talks to Alice and Alice is and he's like, I don't think she's interested. She hung up on me real quick when her mother came in the room and and Alice is like no 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 you got to push on you got to do it she's definitely interested.
1: Yeah, she's like that's a good thing. That's that's probably a good thing. That means she probably is interested didn't want her mother to know.
0: And I think he calls calls her up and tries to talk to her but then talks to her mom and her mom basically and Susan's mom basically tells him to fuck off in so many words. In yeah. so many words. Uh, and his parents clearly are not or Susan's parents are clearly not interested in her dating someone who is not of someone appropriate to her class. Now is this where the father comes in? Because I noticed something uh, interesting. He comes in a little bit. Like okay, we're sorry. not there yet. Oh. Okay. But he and, and so Joe calls them at one point to talk to Susan. Well, while he's talking to the mother, and the mother's like, "Oh no, she's gone to Paris on holiday," so they literally sent her away just so they wouldn't have to deal. I think the father comes in before this. Does he?
1: Because she she tells her parents like. Um, about Joe mm-hmm. I think I think that's a little bit before I, oh, all right, I wa- are they Sitting at the table maybe Yeah all yeah. I wanted to say was that the um, The father and the mother are both against Joe Like yes. you said But they deal with it in very different ways yeah. The mother is very like head on Like no get out of here Like we don't want you around Whereas the father is like No no there's ways around it. He's got a this. few more subtle ways to go we about We don't this. have to be confrontational We can get you know And we'll talk about those as, as yeah, this yeah, goes yeah, yeah. on here So sure. Alice's relationship still sucks Her husband continues to be a dick He's horrible He's
0: off again on another trip to, uh, quote, as one of, uh, he's off again for a, quote, couple of hard days labor with his secretary, as one of the other fellas puts it. Yeah. Um, but time passes. Alice and Joe continue to be friendly, real friendly. They start kind of getting, getting into something, you know. Um, it heats up. Yeah, he heats up. And, uh, but at some point, Susan, is this when she comes back? They're like they're having a relationship, and then she comes back and shows up in the library. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, so she shows up in the library while uh, Joe is there, and they have a little chat. And he tries to get her. He tries to set
1: up a date. Let me just say that his method is this, yeah. as follows: Yeah, you are very pretty. And she says, "Oh, thank you." And then he's like, asks her about like going out, and he mentions this musical that's on at the Regal mm-hmm. at the cinema. And she says, "Well, I can't go right now." And then he says, "You're very pretty." And she says. <laughs> Okay, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Win. Because that, that's apparently, that just works. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so,
0: so he gets his date, he starts to get into this relationship with uh, with Susan, but meanwhile, he's still kind of seeing Alice. Yeah. Like, they've been, you know, and, and I mean, it, it's obviously, he's got a choice there. I mean, he's got, you know, Susan is young, and she's got a rich family, and she's tight, like a tiger. <laughs> and... Wow. Uh, meanwhile, Alice is older, she's wiser, she's, I think, I think he thinks, like, he, he feels more of a connection to her because she's more of a real person.
1: And yet I think he's still a little intimidated by her.
0: He's intimidated by her because she's a little older than him, and uh, or a lot older, I guess, if were
1: to be believed. Well, te- I
0: mean, 10 years in the movie ten is years, not crazy. Well, 25, 35, I guess that's, that's a pretty significant
1: difference. It, it's not the fact that she's 35, like, that's fine. Yeah. But the fact that they, again, make her out like she's a grandma. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he keeps getting pushback on Susan. Uh, his boss brings him in. So his so basically Mr. Brown gave a call to Joe's boss at the town. And he brings Joe in for a little chat. And uh, in as many words, basically leans on him to say, Hey, don't be fucking around with Susan Brown. Yeah. Because that's not going to... You, you like having a job. You like having prospects for advancement, don't you? Yeah? Well, then maybe you don't fuck that guy's daughter.
1: <laughs> and let her be. Let her be. Let her be. Let it be, yeah, let it be. Don't fuck the rich dude's daughter.
0: So, as often happens in this movie, every time something bad goes wrong with one lady, he bounces back to the other. So, this doesn't work, but then he goes to see Alice, and they go up to Sparrow Hill for a little makeout sesh. Uh, That's the first
1: time they kiss, actually. Yeah. 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 Is, and, is... Well, and no, and interestingly, they do, and then she says, this this is a very moral car, Yeah. and they get out, and they have to do it outside yeah. of the car, which is interesting. It's <laughs> like, it's she doesn't want to do it in the car that she has with her husband yes absolutely yeah that her husband took at one point because he's like i'm taking your car yeah i'm gonna go fuck some secretaries yes yes absolutely uh
0: so he takes alice to sparrow hill they have a little lovely time there and and get a little more romantic and and after that he gets home and finds he has a letter and that letter is from a company back in dufton where he's from where he's from yeah yeah it was actually the company that his father used to work for Offering him a position, right? to come down and, and have a position. I believe you
1: refer to Dufton as the Truro of it's, it's the Truro <laughs> of England. And,
0: although, to be fair, there is a Truro in England, but this is the Truro, Nova Scotia of England, in my mind.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: so, yeah, so he, he's kind of curious. He's like, that's interesting. Weird that I would get a job offer after I left.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really put two and two together.
0: So he jumps on the train and goes home to Dufton for a little bit, uh, and while he's there, he takes a walk around his old stomping grounds and goes to see where his house was and...
1: The ruins, what I assume are ruins from World War II, because yeah. it's all pretty rough. So that's the first time I noticed like, oh shit, this is a bit of a period piece, yeah. because this is like, I mean, not like a lot. This is not, 1959. 59, but, 59 is... but it was supposed to take place right after the war, yeah, or shortly after the war. Yes, because, because he's
0: 25, 20. and at at, at most...
1: I thought it was after World War Two, Yeah, World
0: War II, yeah, so yeah, okay. he's 25, so oh, okay. yeah, at yeah. most, so let's say he, he became a, let's say he, he said he was in POW camp for three years, so let's hmm. say he went 1942. He was eighteen in nineteen forty-two. This would mean that this would take place in nineteen forty-nine.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is very interesting. Like, there's a, uh, he goes to the bombed-out remains, and there's like there's actually a scene here that I thought was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Because there's a little girl, mm-hmm. and she basically lives there now. Yeah. And she's like, you know, you want to see my garden? Or it's very
0: cute. He takes she takes him over and shows him this little garden that she's made and everything, and he's talking to her and enjoying it.
3: This is my house. It's my house! Right it used to be mine, too. I lived here once upon a time. A bomb fell from the
1: sky. I know. Do you want to see my garden?
0: Aye. And we also learn at one point that that bomb he's talking about that blew that house up also killed
1: both his parents. Crazy. Yeah. He doesn't... He. Yeah, you kind of, like... <sighs> We have a lot of characters in all in these movies that we've done that are not necessarily likable, mm-hmm. but they give them enough depth that you yeah. kind of understand where they're coming from, even if you don't agree with everything. And that's kind of what he is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can relate
0: to him. He's a poor guy trying to make make his life better, trying to you know get out of that shit town that he grew up in, and and try to make something of himself. And so he's so he goes into the town. He goes to see his aunt and uncle who still live there. And it's, they're very happy to see him. They kind of want him to come and stay and live with them again because they would love that. But also, they give him shit. And I do. I definitely want to play the clip for that. Play that clip because <laughs> they give him shit about marrying Susan. He's getting it from everybody, Everyone. especially the upper crust fo- folks. But even these,
1: even these salt of the earth, blue collar uh, people, they're not. They're not in. Watch. Just listen as their mood drastically changes in this conversation.
3: Well. It- it's just that one is a different kind of a town. I mean, there's a different sort of people. Got a girl, Joe. I um, have...
2: <laughs> Go on. Hear that, nut?
3: <laughs> well, her, her name's Susan. Susan Brown.
2: Go on, I you great lummox.
3: She's... Well, she's, she's sort of special, you know. Her father owns a factory. He's on the council. One the council, that is. Sounds like a lot of brass. Eyes rolling in money. And all this is the first right couple you I've had since I've left here.
2: I asked you about the girl, and all you tell me is about her father and his brass.
3: Joe, sure you wouldn't sell yourself for a
2: handful of silver.
3: Well, you know I wouldn't do that. Money matters money, lad. What's the good of a girl like that to you? She'll only break your heart. Stick to your own people, Joe. Oh, that's old-fashioned, all that past stuff. Things have changed since the war. If I want her, I love her. You sure it's the girl you want, Joe? Not the brass. What's wrong with wanting both? I'm as good as the next man. I'm entitled to be in love with any girl
2: you may you may not i don't know about that but
0: you're not entitled to be in love with them well i mean you're not entitled to be in love with anyone it, it, i mean you can be in love with them but that doesn't mean they're you're entitled to have them love you back
1: and is he trying to convince them or himself uh, yeah i think it's
0: both both yeah because they do make up a legit point like you're not falling in love you can't just fall in love with her money like, yeah. and, and the fact that I asked you about her and you told me about her father like
1: yeah that's the thing like they're yeah. like oh it's a girl and he, yeah he said immediately oh her father's very wealthy well hold on a second yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah. we know all about marrying for love down here in the lower class yeah down here at Dufton the Trello of in England Dufton
1: the Trello Nova Scotia of England that's
0: right <laughs> Um. so yeah so he chats with his aunt and uncle he goes to the factory to go interview for this job talks to the top guy at the shop he's a nice guy uh, he's considering taking the position, but as he's walking around, uh, he talks to another fella who tells him that, he's, that he came very highly recommended, and he says, well, who recommended me? He's like, oh, Mr. Brown. And that's, when and that's when it all clicks. He's like, oh, he's trying to fucking get rid of me by talking me up to this company so I'd go home to Dufton. But one thing we could say about this movie is that Joe does not like being told what to do.
1: No. No. In fact,
0: yeah, he turns he that like, job
1: down. He doesn't like it so much that he will change his entire plans mm. if somebody is telling him to do it. Yeah, he'd be like, fuck them. Just for the fact that he doesn't like, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So he
0: tells them to go fuck themselves. Well, he didn't say that. He's like, thank you very much for the offer, but no. And he goes back to, uh, to Warnley. Or whatever the name of the town is. I can never find I don't even know if it's a real town. I tried to Google it and couldn't find anything. Wally. Other than references to this movie. <laughs> Dufton is real, though. So... Back in he's—I think—he's learning that he truly loves Alice. You know, mm. he doesn't just lo- love her; he actually likes her, and he says, "I like you. I actually like like you. I enjoy talking to you and being with you." Like, yeah, which apparently is a crazy thing to have with a significant other in 1949. You can't want to fuck someone and also join the company. Also want to talk to them. God forbid a conversation and sex. And they have, they're having a lovely relationship and he's totally into her and they're having a chat and she, he says something about a nude painting and she makes a, an off comment about, oh, well, there's probably one of them out there of me somewhere. And she's like, wait, what do you mean?
3: Yeah. I'd like a picture of you like that. There is a picture of me in the nude somewhere. <laughs> You're joking. No, there really is. I was at the university at that time and I met an artist at a party. He wanted a model. I don't suppose it was even a good painting. How often did you do this? Only once. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I don't tell lies, you know that. He never told me. Why didn't you tell me? Because I had forgotten about it. Oh, darling, with a fuss. First... I didn't sleep with him that's what you're thinking. But why? Why did you have to do it? There are millions of women, a lot poorer than you ever were, who would rather die than expose themselves for a few lousy rotten shillings. Damn you to hell, I feel I'd like to beat you black and blue. But what's it to do with you? It was long before I met you. I must remember your beastly little provincial mind doesn't like nudity. You stupid bitch, it doesn't like at all! Don't you see it's the idea of other people looking at your nakedness that I hate, it's not decent, don't you see? Oh, I understand now what makes men kill women like you. Oh, you're very brave and very moral all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, this, this, that is the scene where, (sighs) where if you... Like, I turned on Joe at that
1: point. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, that is a Julie Christie go-between tour- turn right there. Yeah, and
0: actually, you didn't have the bit, but the, the bit where I really, like, I mean, he says some terrible things, but the bit that really got me is when he goes to her, what was it like during the Great War 50 years ago? Like, essentially taking a shot at her age. And that was like, oh, man, why are you so mean? Oh, I didn't even catch that, but yeah, he yeah. mentioned
1: it. That makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it was
0: rough. This this whole scene is, is insane. And, I mean, it, it, it obviously, there's a little bit of, you can see a little bit of cultural difference between British people who, uh, you know, traditionally very, very suppressed and, and restrained and can't have any sort of, like, nudity is even beyond the beyond. Oh, the right, because she's so, French. She's French, yeah. yeah. So she's, she says why well, she says it's a provincial mind. And where she's from France, it's a little more open. It's not a big deal. And throughout the course of this, up until you get super mad, like, she's very matter-of-fact.
1: She's just like, what are you doing? Like, come on, man. She's like... <laughs> Can I, I give you a modern example that's reminded me sure, of? Sure, yeah, yeah. I know you, you're a Kevin Smith fan. I am. Chasing Amy. Yeah. When he gets mad at her for having, like, a fucked up past, yeah, that is what this reminded me yeah, of. And absolutely. I'm like, what the fuck, buddy? Like, it's in the past. It's before you were around. I mean, I understand this movie is not taking his side necessarily, but it's like, oh, it just makes me so And it's so funny to compare 19
0: 1959 to 2019, where it's like in 1959 the idea that a that there may be a nude painting of out there somewhere. He's ready to murder her. Meanwhile, in twenty nineteen, all of our genitalia are on the internet in multiple forms. Yeah, uh, I somewhere. have
1: a, I have an entire Pornhub
0: channel just dedicated to you. You are the only subscriber, and I thank well, you for that. Hey, I want to see you get paid. Thank you, and my <laughs> genitalia, and your well. I like to refer back and just and look at them and go, yeah, I am doing okay. Oh, ha ha. So yeah, they they have a pretty brutal fight because of this or like like argument. Yeah. Don't, oh God, that would've been I mean he didn't actually beat her black and blue, but they had a pretty strong argument and at, and they kinda calmed down near the end of it, but he's like, That's it, I'm out. Yep. Yeah, just and like that. where does he go, Brendan? Right back to fucking Susan. Goes to a ball or a dance or
1: something. And he goes to see her. And he is Super out of place.
0: Super out of place. Totally out of his element. He goes up and is is talking to her family, her mother, father, some friends. Of course, old Jack is there. And they keep. They basically mock him in the way that the best. In the best way that upper crust people can mock a poor person is they ask him who he knows. It's like, oh, do you know this person? Oh, no, I don't know that person. Do you know this person? No, I don't know that person.
1: And he, do you know this person? Well, I know that person in the same way I know who the Prime Minister is. And what's funny about that is that I think the people the, the people that he's talking to, like the family, are probably in their heads like, well, we know the Prime Minister, but we don't think that's what you mean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they're just they're just making him
0: look shitty because he doesn't know all their stupid rich friends, you know? Yeah, and this is why, like, I, I really don't like Jack after that scene, or Joe uh, after that scene where he kind of, where he has his fight with, with Alice, but I also am sympathetic because as a person that comes from kind of, you know, lower middle class kind of upbringing, I, I feel for him, you know, trying to, feeling out of place in a in a fancy situation, I've been there.
1: Yeah, again, like I said, these characters are complicated, yeah. they're not perfect, they're no, not exactly. great, they're not terrible, but they're just, they're complicated.
0: Yeah, so they so this, so his family interrogates him about who he knows in Dufton, and clearly he doesn't know anybody to their satisfaction. Um and he's a bit embarrassed by it, obviously. Uh it's for him, those people are basically like celebrities that he names, like in the way that we would think. Like it's like, oh, I would never talk to that person. How would I ever come how would I ever cross paths with that person? Exactly. Um So he and Susan slip away, they go into a different room, and Joe tells her, No, this I don't think this is gonna work, and she's like, Yes, but it will work, and I love you. Do you love me? And he's like,
1: yeah, I do love you. Very much. Very much. That's what he says each time. Very yeah. much. I will, I, I notice that any time uh, there's a, there's an I love you exchange between him and Susan, it's always her that says it first. Mm-hmm. And when it's between Alice and him, it's always him that says it first. Says first, yes. Yeah.
0: So she says she loves him. He says he loves her very much or very much. Yes, very much. Very much. And they wake up in a barn. Sure do. As you do. Joe clearly has just taken her virginity.
1: Like has he or yes. has just done stuff because no right he took after her virginity. but right after that she says be gentle and then they're both oh, okay go with yeah now. yeah
0: so I guess you're right yeah yeah they were probably just fingering or whatever <laughs> and um, yeah and then and then yeah she's right okay so yeah that makes sense I didn't think about that at the time but I think you're right
1: Brennan I thought wouldn't well, you when you've already binge wait, wait was he super rough the first time That's it's con- told him to be gentle but it's confusing because she says you don't like the way i make love yeah. so maybe they tried got about halfway and she was like i can't do this and then they did it again. so
0: they do it again and and yeah it it, it goes all the way because she's like uh, i feel different or do, do i feel different do i look different Am I, I don't feel different should i feel different and she's just like like a 16 year old who just had sex might be like yeah um and then she mentions her parents which, I don't think you should be mentioning your parents
1: after sex, but she does. And, of course, that just puts Joe in a sour mood. I think Joe... I think Joe is in a sour mood because he realized, as they made love, that he, never, he didn't feel anything. Yeah. Like, because exactly. she even says, like, Joe, you didn't really... Like, I didn't really get a sense of uh, emotion out of you. And it, I think he's just, like, realizing... He's like, this finally
0: is... kind of come to terms
1: with, oh, right, I don't actually love this girl. Yeah. In and the same can... way that I love Alice. I mean, sex is sex, but if there's no emotion there. It's so totally different. Then you may as well just be jerking off into a flesh bag. <laughs> prostitutes of the world, we apologize. Sorry, I, f- I
0: don't think of prostitutes as flesh bags. I'm thinking of like a like an actual like flesh bag. I'm sure you can find them online. You mean a fleshlight? Use code for screen and country to no! save 10%. No, no. <laughs> Do not use code screenpod at fleshlights.com <laughs> So yeah, so Joe's kinda in a grumpy mood because of this. Um and he's kind of t- he he goes to the office. He's grumpy. He st- I'm going to stay at work. Blah. And his friends are like, come out. We're going to play snooker. We always play snooker on Fridays. Like, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm going to stay at work. Yeah. And so he does. And what does he do when he needs to cheer himself up? He goes and sees Alice. <sighs> and she somehow takes him back. She somehow takes him back. Yeah, and says, look, buddy of mine's got a cabin. He's going to give it to us real cheap. Why don't we go up to that cabin? And we'll have a little fun
1: in the woods. Do you feel like she's always kind of... Combating with herself about like She's like in her, in, in her head I don't know like the left side and the right side of your brain Isn't yeah. it like the left side like the more like emotional one or Yeah like well
0: right... certainly one side of her brain Is saying this guy's a dick And why are you even bothering with him He called you old and this, all this And then the other side of her brain is saying You're an old lady and you have to take this now Before you lose out on the chance This is your last chance to find love
1: No what I was going to say is <laughs> one side of her brain Is saying um, You know this is gonna work out great. The other side is saying, like, it's not gonna work out. This is heading you. to disaster. He's gonna hurt you. And I think there's a constant battle. Yeah, there. And,
0: and it's 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 something that Susan doesn't have in her head because she's a young lady. She doesn't have hardly any experience. But but you know, Alice has been around the block, and Alice has that little voice in the back of her head that says, "Look, be realistic. This, this guy's ten years younger than you. He's super cool, but he could bail at any time." And I'm pretty sure that that's what she's constantly having. And, and whether she wants it or not, that's being, like, screamed at her in the back of her head by that little voice. So, yeah, he, he offers to take her to the cabin. She's down. And so they head out to the cabin and... Uh, fuck a lot. They fuck a lot, but they fuck... She insists on fucking sober. no, And no smoking either. No smoking, no drinking, I don't know why. I mean, the smoking doesn't really fuck you up. But she's like, "No smoking." Maybe she didn't said, "We're not smoking crack this time." Yeah, there was, you don't remember that scene when <laughs> yeah. they're smoking crack, <laughs> We're smoking crack together? I'm not gonna smoke. I'm not gonna drink. I want to feel every last bit of this. I don't want to be dulled. And I wonder if that's because she thinks this is it. This is their last thing. Maybe
1: even when she's leaving on the train, mm. she even says, "Just, just go, go." Like it's fine. Did you enjoy their naked, uh, naked under their trench coats walk down the beach? Uh <laughs> Him wearing the trench coat was a fashion statement.
0: I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's like she was wearing a trench coat and she's like, oh, look, it's a lady in a trench coat. And then I look at him and it's like, no, he's naked under that trench coat. And so she. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he professes her love. He professes his love to her. And she gives him a sweet cigarette case, which initially when he ha- when she hands it to him, I thought it was a cell phone for half a second. <laughs> I thought she was handing him like an iPhone or something I'm like what the fuck? Oh, no, it's a cigarette case. And she says that she will divorce her husband for him. If that's what he wants. And he says, will you really do that? And she's like, yep, I'm down. But guess who wasn't down for getting divorced? Would you like to hear why he wasn't down? Yeah, it would be George. George was not happy about this idea, but George is a a smart guy. And uh, this is his perspective on the matter. Yes.
3: Alice tells me she wants to divorce me. Well, I'm not agreeable. You haven't any choice. She's my wife and she's going to remain my wife. I want to make this quite clear to you. She has no grounds for divorce. Everybody knows the way you treat Alice about you and your women. But nobody can prove anything. The difference between you and me is that I haven't been indiscreet enough to leave evidence lying around. Meaning what? Just this. If she brings an action for divorce, I'll fight it. I'll smear you both across the headlines. It'll make fine reading. Elspeth's flat. The naked bathing in Dorset and all the rest of it. How did you know? I make it my business to know. It'll break you, because you can't stand a scandal like that, and you know it. And you won't get Alice either, because I still won't let her go. You can't hold her. Maybe she can't divorce you, but she can leave you. You can't stop her from leaving you. Can you keep her? I can keep her, because I love her. She's ten years older than you, and she hasn't a penny of her own. If she leaves me, I'll sue you for enticement. Then you won't be able to support even yourself. You've got everything pretty well worked out, haven't you? I have. There are no loopholes. Get it clear. From now on, you leave Alice alone. Understand me? Why won't you let her go? Why? Because she's my wife. That's why. Are you trying to tell me you still love her? I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'll let
1: you off lightly. There'll be no more warnings. Fuck <laughs> That cigarette case He takes Because yeah. the case is his Yeah He, he, he takes he, it back He, takes he the empties back. Takes the cigarettes out yeah. Tosses the cigarettes
0: to him And puts the case in his pocket Clap The yeah. end I mean that's That's a hell of performance By this actor That's an intense scene Yeah Yeah, yeah uh, I like that uh, Just He's just
1: like There are no loopholes <laughs> I've thought this all through Yeah um, You're done with Alice Goodbye So because of that Where does Joe Go back to Joe goes back to Susan, but I think this is where he meets with Mister Brown. Is that right? Yes, because he's very yeah, uh, upset. Yeah. So Mister Brown calls. He goes back to Susan's sphere, I should say. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah he has a lunch schedule with Mister Brown. Right, Mister Brown
1: calls and he's like, oh, I want to, I want to lunch with you." He's like, "With me? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah."
0: So he goes to the fancy private conservative club where um, where Mister Brown is hanging out, and having a lunch, and uh, sits down with them. And Mister Brown says, "Okay, here's the deal." I'm going to give you, say, a partnership and a business and a bunch of money. Say, yep, you'll be real good. You won't have to worry about shit. And he's like, oh, that's very nice of you. What's the catch? And he says, you'll never talk to Susan again, and you'll get the fuck out of here. And he's like, I can't do it. I'm too moral. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do that. And he's like, good. That was a test. Turns out she's pregnant, so you're going to have to marry her very soon, and then you're going to have to come work for me, so uh, we'll make the arrangements. And then, and he's like, fuck.
1: What? Yeah. Fuck. This, this list leads us along the line of a very depressing way to conclude yeah. this movie. So,
0: well, first he goes to see Susan, and she tells him it's wonderful that they're getting married, and but he's kind of mad about the fact that she didn't
1: tell him that she was pregnant. And she does a 180 yeah. character change. Mm-hmm. Right, Susan? Because she... She's heard about Alice Yeah Because the catch is Oh you have to marry Susan also You have to end it with Alice Yeah absolutely And she is like Oh she's so old, yeah. yeah
0: Yeah well and I believe uh, Mr. Brown calls her a whore At some point And And, and um, uh, Joe takes offense at that And he goes Well I use the words That are necessary For the situation Like or, I use the words That properly describe the situation So yeah. she's being a real dick about it um, I mean And she's not a whore She never did it for money No Uh, she was treated horribly by her husband exactly so he goes to dinner with Alice and she has a gift for him but he has to hurt her he tells her that he has to marry that he is marrying Susan and that you know what that they were were friendly but you know him and Alice they were kind of loving friends more than lovers or more than in a relationship like he's trying to like downplay their entire relationship even though he was super intensely into it and she basically calls him a coward which is fair She's got this, like, and props to the actress, because uh, she's got this look of, like, she's totally destroyed by this, but at the same time, there is that voice in the back of her head, it's like, you knew this was going to happen. Exactly, yes. So she's got a lit like, she can kind of hold herself together because she was always sort of preparing for this to happen.
1: Yeah, there is a, there's a moment of shock slash also realization.
0: Yeah, and she deals with it the only way she knows how, she hits the pub, has a few drinks, cries in the corner a little bit, uh, the pub patrons—they must know who she is because they recognize her. And she gets up to leave at one point, and they can see the tears streaming down her face. The other patrons and the bartender kind of look at her, and she walks out the door. So the next day, Joe heads into work himself. He's walking down, and there's a great scene of him walking down this long hallway, and you can hear the the town clock bonging, and it's very ominous. Just boom! boom. So you know, something is coming. Yeah, something's coming down. He's just working into work, and or walking into work. When he gets there, there Susan is there. And oh, hey, honey! And then they start getting congratulations from all the people in the office. Sue, I don't think
1: Susan's there, isn't she? No, it's just him. Oh, but he, yeah, no. The woman he talks to is just someone he works with. Oh, okay. Well, but yeah, so yeah, was, he's getting congratulated left and right. But he
0: overhears some people talking in the background, and he, and he catches Alice's name. Do we have that clip?
1: We do, because I really like the sound yeah. design on this scene. Let's hear it.
2: I would like to congratulate you, well, Mister. Highlight told Gladys. Well, you know how these things get about. I hope you'll both be very happy together.
3: Thank you very
2: much. You hear about the accident? Have you set the date of the wedding yet? No, what accident? No. Alice uh, Hayesgill. Not definitely. She's it dead. it be the wedding of the year, I'm sure. Who's dead? Alice Skill. I hope so. And Miss Brown, if you don't mind my saying so, will make a lovely bride. She ran her car into the cliff at Spiral Hill. Heard she was drunk. What's that? Alice, says, Mr. Lampton. They say the car was bent like that and blood all over the place. What was she doing up on Sparrow Hill anyway?
3: Goodness no, she'd been drinking all right. Probably didn't know where she was.
0: Yeah, so she's dead. She's She dead. fucking got drunk and drove her car off a cliff on Sparrow Hill where they
1: had gotten out of the car to make out. Yeah, so we don't quite know if it's like a suicide or no. if it's just like she got drunk and got to an accident. I,
0: I'd like to think that Alice is the sort of person she wouldn't go kill herself over a man, but she got a little too drunk and well, yeah. drove herself off a hill. I mean, she didn't kill herself over
1: George. No, I feel like it's, if she did though, it's not just Joe. Yeah. Like, I think it's a lifetime Yeah, obviously of there's bullshit. more, yeah, there's a lot of yeah.
0: more issues going on than that. So, so obviously Joe is pretty pretty broken up by this. And he still has to marry Susan. And he still has to marry Susan. So what does he do? He gets some strange tale. He goes and gets drunk. He heads to a random bar. He starts chatting up this uh this little this lady named Mavis, I believe. Yeah. And, <laughs> wow, I didn't even catch that. Well, cuz at some point he calls her Alice and she goes, "It's Mavis."
1: Oh, when they're fucking? Uh well, or
0: when they're something? trying to fuck. So, yeah, yeah so they no, whiskey she, dick. She flirts. They take a, she goes outside the bar and he can barely stand up, but they're trying to make out by the docks and She's like, "Don't pass out on me," and he's on the verge of
1: passing out because he's that drunk. Well, don't forget too is before that, is some guy tries to like hit on this girl. Yeah, and he tells him to fuck off, yeah. and the guy calls him upper class. Yeah, which is Joe yeah, exactly. He calls
0: him upper class. Oh, you're so high and mighty. He's going to be. That's as what soon he's, as he's trying he to do. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's, and that's been his goal the whole time. And he's offended somewhat, I imagine, by that. Yeah, and then he gets his. Astrid. Yeah, he goes outside after trying to drunkenly fuck this girl Didn't work out And then he three guys show up One of the guys from the bar yep. And they just beat the ever-living fuck out of him uh, And he stumbles along the canal But he cleans himself up and is able to make
1: it to his wedding Did you think he was going to die? I kind of thought he was
0: I thought that maybe he would Yeah, maybe he'd be killed there But no, not, not so lucky So we see the wedding It's a lovely ceremony But Joe's face the entire time He's completely terrified And, and, and just like, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, day of the wedding, you know, they run out the wing, they get shoved in the car and the car drives away and everybody waves and they're in the car. Do we have that scene?
1: I do want to play Well I, it's, I just have the very last Like 20 seconds Of just their dialogue So
0: that's that basically, So they're in the car and they're talking and, and what did she say She says something like um, Oh wasn't it a wonderful day Or wasn't it the most wonderful day
1: Yeah and yeah. I should note in this scene Just cause it's obviously not visual yep. um, He starts to cry but... Starts to cry
0: they're Like they're quietly cry The tears are rolling down his cheek
1: Yeah
2: Wasn't it absolutely The most wonderful wedding Now we really belong to each other
3: Till death us do part. Darling, you're crying. I believe you really are sentimental after all.
0: And then we have a very ominous sting.
1: The... Like, and then, like, the movie comes up. The end. Yeah, she totally misinterprets the crying. No, he's... That's him being like, my life is my life fucking is over. over. Yeah, I'm done. And that is the... <laughs> Maybe... One
0: of the bleakest endings. Definitely, definitely. I, I I would put it up there with This Sporting Life as being pretty damn bleak at the end.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Well, at least
0: in This Sporting Life, his woman was dead, so he
1: didn't have to worry about her. Well, I mean, technically his woman I is I guess dead. his woman is dead in this one, too. <laughs> but that is uh, that is Room at the Top. Yeah. So, I mean, let's uh, let's get into some of the background here, Jason. Sure. I want to talk about the background of this film. Please do. Fill me in. I don't know anything. Well, it was based on a book. Yes, I know that much. And I did read a little bit of the, I did kind of glaze through the plot summary today. It's basically the same yeah. thing. They don't change really anything.
0: Also made a two, 2012 uh, TV miniseries also based on this book. I did I not learned. know that. A miniseries? Yeah, yeah like a, TV, huh. like a T, yeah, TV miniseries
1: of this book. Can't see this being stretched out to be a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Well, they Maybe. did. Uh, so this movie... Okay, so Jack Clayton comes and directs this movie. And he already gets backlash before he even takes on the project because he's not in this kind of elite group of... British kind of new wave directors. So you got Tony Richardson, Carl So he's Re- kind of like Joe. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like outsider. this lower
0: class guy kind of trying to break into this club he's not a part of.
1: Yeah, he's an outsider. He's not a product of Oxbridge. Yeah. But he is an industry veteran with uh, more than 20 years experience despite the fact that Jack Clayton was just 37 at the time. Wow. Uh, so, but you know, you got these upper elite guys. You got Tony Richardson, Carl Rice, uh, Lindsay Anderson, who had directed The Sporting Life. And John Schlesinger, who did Darling, mm-hmm. so these are the kind of bigwigs, right? Yeah. And they kind of—he's kind of an outlier. So a lot of critics are like, "Oh, who is this fucking guy? Who thinks he can come and make this, uh, you know, this movie that appeals to everyone? Yeah. Who the fuck does he think he is?" And this movie kind of is the first—not technically—but it's kind of the first really, really successful kitchen sink drama. It kind of gets that whole thing rolling. Yeah. I mean, before this. He did a, a farce called Sailor Beware. Like, Jack Clayton was <laughs> not a, a name in this kind of genre at all. Um, and as for the people that made the movie, Romulus films, they're more interested in kind of like commercial releases. They weren't interested in like, you know, these artsy type movies, which if you watch this movie, it's very commercial. It's 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 got a lot of cool, like, you know, filmmaking aspects to it, but it's very point A to point B. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of plot. Yes. But for all of Lindsay Anderson, because I guess he was the biggest, biggest one that was like, "Oh fuck this man!" But for all Lindsay Anderson pro- protests that you know, British contemporary films were snobbish, anti-intelligent, and emotionally inhibited, and that free cinema would be vital and refreshing. Mm. Uh, it was in commercial cinema that the average moviegoer celebrated everyday reality. Yeah. Room at the top would reach those who had never even heard of this whole free cinema thing because it kind of incorporates like a couple different schools of thought. Box office, so this, this is the situation at the time, box office takings in, in England fell from £108 million pounds in, the, in at the start of the 50s to £64 million by the end of the decade, so they, the box office was going was down. Was that being blamed on television, perhaps? I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, actually, by 1957, television had overtaken radio as the most broadcast medium in the UK, but it, a lot of picture houses were closing down, a lot of theaters were closing down countrywide. And despite 1958 seeing the start of two very lucrative British screen franchises, so you had the Hammer's Dracula series and also the Carry On movies, which both started in 1958. Yeah, so these movie- these two franchises kind of demonstrate there was still a demand for uh, British cinema. At the time, it was also very hard to release a movie in Britain that, did- that wasn't just like a family movie that everybody mm. could watch. This movie actually had an X rating. Wow. In the sense that... It wasn't a family movie. No. you basically had to have an X rating. It was a it was a movie for adults, right? So it was a very it was a very risky thing because a lot of theaters just had this like kind of blanket rule where like we're not playing anything that's not.
0: I mean, and to this day, a lot of theater, at least on this side of the pond, a lot of theaters still won't even play NC seventeen
1: films. Yeah, but I mean, this movie X rating yeah. today would be like what PG thirteen maybe. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. There's there, there's nothing in this movie that's particularly like. Like, like there's
1: no nudity or violence or anything that would normally you would expect. There's a little bit of language, and this movie also uh, kind of turned a corner with the representation of like authority figures. Hmm. Uh, before this, a lot of times they'd be seen as, like, you know, a Jack Hawkins or, yeah. like, uh, I mean, even before this, like an Alec Guinness. Like, you know, these big, tough yes. kind of, you know, authority figures. Big
0: personalities,
1: you, you see. <laughs> Thank you, Alec. It's nice to show up.
0: It's always good to be here.
1: Uh, Alex has been hanging out at the mausoleum. I, I sit think...
0: in the background. You see, I'm a ghost, so I can just kind of appear when necessary. <laughs> like a force ghost. That's right. I'm, I'm, I live in the force now.
1: <laughs> Turns out it's real. Goodbye. Oh. Oh, he's gone. Wow, just he like just, that. He just disappeared. Him and Yoda just took off. <laughs> but yeah, so all these authority figures are seen as like these good good people. And this movie kind of turned that on its head, right? Because a lot of the authority figures are seen as these like upper crust, like you know, wackadoos. Yeah. I do I do have one more thing though about uh, Lawrence Harvey specifically. Yeah. So apparently Lawrence Harvey was just like a super weird dude mm. in public. Uh he's this twenty nine year old lanky actor. And he was more kind of famous at the time for how he handled the press than his acting. Yeah. So apparently during a party where people were dressed up, everybody dressed up as who they admired. Yeah. That was the costume party. Isn't this a scene from Darling? Uh, well, not this specifically. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they they were dressing up as each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but during a party where people were dressed up as like they, the theme was people you admire, he showed up as himself. Ha, of course he did. And I like this guy. In a brief interview with the press, he said, quote, I believe in suffering an abject luxury. <laughs> <laughs> what a bon mo. He thinks he's Oscar fucking wild over here. <laughs> yeah, so Lawrence Harvey, weird dude. This movie cost, I think, about 250,000 pounds. And it made almost $3 million at the U.S. in U.S. money at the box office. That's like a million and a half pounds. Is that what it is? I didn't I know the know. conversion rate. I don't rate. know what
0: the conversion rate was in the 50s. Shall we uh, do a little deep dive? Let's dive. Let's 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 dive.
1: let's dive. Let's dive. Let's
0: dive.
1: Okay. First thing I want to say. Did you notice... I, I noticed this when I was kind of going through it again. Susan is always in this, like, super bright white clothing. Hmm. Or, like, at least just, like, really, like, pretty, you know... Alice is almost always wearing black shirt, black sweater, turtleneck. Like it's all very like dark, and that's just a really you know an easy yeah. costume thing. That I thought was really cool because Alice is the real villain. Uh, I don't know if I was gonna go with, with there. Oh, I'm just spitballing. Continue. I did write down that someone says constipated bitch at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. So we gotta talk about Simone Signoret because I think she is the best actor in this movie. She is great. She is. Um, and what she does is so difficult, is make this character so real. Yeah. And you could see, even from the first interaction she has with Joe, like Lawrence Harvey, she already has like a faint passing interest in him, mm-hmm. almost right away. Like, she just kind of holds the gaze a little longer than normal. And uh, there's also a lot of subtlety, though, from other performers, too. There's also later in that scene where Joe is talking to Susan, and her pre fiance is in the room and they're having that POW discussion yeah. and he's just staring at Susan and somebody says like, you know, oh you might have a you might have a contender for Susan's hand in marriage or whatever and the pre the Jack kinda laughs it off but then he looks he has like a second kind of does a double take and yeah. just like stares at him a little bit like oh wait shit, maybe this is really happening. <laughs> Uh, and that's what he kind of belittles his POW experience because I think he feels threatened, right? Which is, I mean, like what a terrible
0: guy! Like I, I really don't feel like any like modern military guy would belittle another person's prisoner of war experience in that way, unless they're just a total psycho. Which, to be fair, in the military is a strong possibility. I mean, have you seen Casualties of War? <laughs> I have not. Oh, you should. Is that Michael J. Fox. We, well, spoiler alert. Maybe on
1: the next podcast. Oh. Um. I think the thing, though, about the POWs and him saying, like, you know, he never managed to escape. Like, Joe never managed to escape. I wonder if that's, like, also a double meaning to, like, his well, class. It, it's it, Like, he never managed to escape well, where he's yeah, standing in life. It's,
0: it's a shot at him, I imagine, for that. It's a shot at him for maybe the idea that he's lazy and didn't want to fight or that he was a coward. So he stayed in the POW you do camp. get that a lot. Really. But also, you have to understand, Brandon, uh, under international law, I believe it is a soldier's duty. To escape a prison camp if they can.
1: Yeah. You're like required under, you under that your from, own laws. From bridge on the River Yeah,
0: prisoner on the Exactly. And and of course, The Great Escape, if you've ever seen that. Similar idea. You are, yeah, you're supposed to try and escape. And he didn't. Right. He worked on his accountant degree.
1: Yes. He didn't escape which, prison camp. He worked on his accountant degree. Maybe, maybe the Nazis had a good accountancy program. I don't know. Can I just play the clip of The Lampton System? Sure. Yeah, how he yeah.
0: determines how he picks his women? Yes. Please do. Let's let's get some advice here from
3: from Joe Lampton. Hey, what do you think of that one? Mm, not bad, but not grade one. What do you mean by that? Time I filled you in on the Lampton report on love I've got a foolproof method for grading women. Partly money, partly background, partly J Lampton's instinct. Now, take Susan Brown. Are you offering her to me? No, seriously. Susan is grade one on every count. But well, you just have to look at her to know. Susan's not for you love. Well, it just so happens that I like her. You're lust after a mean. No, no, no. It's not that at all. Well, it's partly that, but not just that. You see, she's so well... She's so wholesome. And do you think it would find her so wholesome if her old man didn't have a million in the bank? There are plenty of other wholesome girls in Wanley, you know. Like who? Like June. Yes, like June. Say, have you got some kind of understanding with her? Me? Lord, no. Oh, June's a good kid, but she's got an invalid mother. And they live off June's salary, the pair of them. So whoever marries June marries an invalid mother too. What you and me should be looking for is a nice girl with no ties and a nice family business in background.
1: Well, that's a way to go about it. He's a bit of a misogynist. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that's his, his grading system that he uses to grade women. The predecessor of the Dennis system from
0: It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah,
1: although this one not done ironically. <laughs> uh, Joe, yeah. So the thing between Joe and Susan and Joe and Alice. So the thing, uh, we obviously already talked about how Joe and Susan, we don't think he loves her. Yeah. We think he wants her standing. Yeah. And... It's it's what kind of pushes that is I don't even remember like the scene where they announced that Susan is Susan is being sent away. Yes, the parents sent her away because they don't want her with him. Yeah, he reacts like. Super happy, yeah. like he's like they're playing right into my hand. Yeah. But it's almost like he's happier the fact that he caused that kind of a reaction, yeah. rather than just like because you think if he loved her, he'd be like oh, like depressed and everything, yeah. No, right?
0: he he was happy to tweak the nose of these aristocrats uh, uh, a little bit to be like oh, I
1: must have got to them because they sent her away. That
0: means they'll be right where I, she'll be right where I want her to be when she gets back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, a spoiler alert for the for the for the next section, but I gotta say this right now: Hermione Battley. She plays Elspeth. She's yes. Alice's room, roommate? roommate. Yes, roommate. we didn't mention her, but yes. We didn't mention her. She's on screen for 2 minutes and 34 seconds. Mm-hmm. She's nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. For her, wow. for this, yeah. Well, the, the
0: the two things that that get that stand out to me are her, are her telling Joe to don't hurt her. Yeah. Because clearly she's a really good friend of hers. They're real tight. They've known each other a long time. Don't hurt her. Because if you do, I may hurt you. And then, of course, she shows up later on after Alice has died, and Joe drunkenly goes to Alice's apartment, and she sees him and proceeds to to tear a strip off him. Basically like, you know, she loved you, and this is your fault, and and you know, you have a part in this and everything, and it, it's an intense scene. And those
1: are her only two scenes. Yeah. And she's nominated for it. an Oscar. I mean, I'm not, say, I'm not saying shouldn't have been. No, but, but that's crazy. Yeah, I know, and, and I think yeah, I sure think it's it could. the shortest. I think it's the shortest amount of screen time for a supporting actor wow. nomination. Yeah, I, I think I, I just got to I got to play one of her scenes because we got to hear this. This is again, this is half of her screen time, yes. more than half of her screen time, and it get, earns her an Oscar. Eat nomination. your heart out, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hack. Oh hello, dears.
2: I hope I haven't disturbed you. I do try and be discreet, but I had to come in. It was cold outside. Make yourself a tea. Oh,
3: Hello,
2: what an afternoon I've had. Voice production. My goodness. Some of those girls. I don't know why I ever went in for this sort of thing. I don't really. Don't put your daughter on the stage,
3: Mrs. Worthington. If you're going to give us a concert. You will have some food. Oh, lovely, dear. You're a lucky young
0: man, Joe. Alice angel,
3: a perfect angel, heart of gold. Cigarette? Of course, I don't blame her. You're the sort of man I like. Too many pandas about these days. I knew a lot of real men once. They're all dead now, and a little mess like me carries on. Do you love Alice? Yes. I thought so.
2: She's crazy about you. You know that, I suppose.
3: She doesn't
0: know it herself yet. Don't hurt her, Joe. Don't ever hurt her. Yeah. Wow. And by the way, I wanted to point out, but she's great. Uh, uh, was her name Hermione? Hermione Battley. Yeah, she was great. Um, I want to point out too this apartment that she shares with uh, that character, with uh, around the apartment that Alice and this character share. It's basically Alice's fuck pad. Uh, because Alice yeah. lives, Alice has a husband. She lives at home with a husband, so, so she be... has this apartment on the side that she takes to go fuck men in. Is it, is it just, like, Elspeth's place? I think so, yeah. I think she Unless lives be. there. She must, like, help her with the rent or something and, yeah. and hangs out there when, uh, when George is out of town. Probably. Yeah. Fuck I, but probably because she doesn't want to be, all, I don't know if it's her fuck pet. No, it, it is think... her fuck pet. Uh, because in the I, I was reading the summary of the book, and they mentioned that, yeah, she has an
1: apartment specifically... For this sort of thing. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. she
0: maybe just went there
1: when she wanted to. Are you saying her and Elspeth? Eh? No, <laughs> I mean I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if this movie was remade in 2019. She's French. You never know. Uh-huh. She's very progressive. Uh-huh. Progressive? Oui. <laughs> There's a very interesting quote. Susan, when, when Susan asks how much. Joe loves her. Mm. He says about a million pounds worth, <laughs> and I know that's not meant to be like him meaning to tell her like you're as useful as money. Yeah, but that's like what well, that's so like, yeah, yeah. That's what he feels. Still on the nose, but it's it's true. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 money to me, basically. Um, you're so fucking money, and you don't even know it, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, but how about that man? That scene where. Heard Alice's death is discussed. It's just like, the like I said, the sound design on that scene mm. because you hear it in the background, kind of over the dialogue, yeah. but not distractingly so. We, and as the audience, hear it, and I'm like, he heard- oh shit, what? She's dead? Yeah, and Joe doesn't quite clue in right away. Yeah. And then once he turns around, they, they make that music sting, yeah. and it's like, bam! He hears, he hears her name. It's like, wait, what? Alice? What happened? Yeah. And basically, by the end of this movie, He's become the upper class person he kind of hates. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of per- person that's stuck in a loveless marriage for no reason other than money. Like that seems like the embodiment of
1: everything he disliked. He's gonna be Jack Wales essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Do you uh, do you want do you have anything else you want to add to this uh, to this to this picture? Uh, there was a couple a couple lines I just wanted to point out. Just let me take a look here. Um, constipated
0: bitch. The constipated bitch was good. Couple hard days labor with a secretary. I like that line. Uh, oh yeah, the line is uh, when they wake up in the barn. She uh, uh, she says, uh, so, or maybe he says, "It's like you know what Joe wants. It's what all Joes want." <laughs> oh, when don't he's... you like the way I made love? I also like that line because it's just a weird thing to say. Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it wonderful? <laughs> yes, very uh, much. But yeah, no, but yeah. Overall, I gotta say this is a fascinating movie. It was interesting. It was depressing, but. A
1: good watch all over and great acting and, and yeah. I think it's my favorite of the kitchen sink dramas we've mm. done so far. I think I like it between this and Sporting Life and Kes. I think this is my favorite of the three.
0: Yeah, I'd say this is probably the most uh, the most interesting or most entertaining, say, of the of the three.
1: Yeah, it definitely moves the fastest. Yeah, it definitely yeah, it moves along in a good clip. Yeah. Well, this movie goes to the Oscars.
0: Ba-ba-ba. And we know one because we talked about it earlier.
1: Well, that's a nomination, yeah. That's the one nomination, uh, Hermione. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the nominations. Oh, oh there's more. It's, oh, it's got a bunch. So it, it. I'll tell you the nominations first. So it's nominated for best supporting actress for Hermione Badly. Uh, I mean, there's other nominees, but I don't think it's... does she win? She doesn't. But she, uh, Shelley Winters for The Diary of Anne Frank is the one who wins. Was she Anne I'm, Frank? I'm supporting, so yes. I'm assuming no. She was <laughs> the, the movie's about a kid reading The Diary of Anne Frank. She was, she was the diary. She was, she was the diary. diary. <laughs> Lawrence Harvey is nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. He goes up against Jack Lemmon for Some Like It Hot. Uh, Paul Mooney for The Last Angry Man. The Last Angry Man. Uh, Jimmy Stewart for Anatomy of a Murder. Oh. And the winner, controversially, I gotta say, the winner, Charlton Heston for Ben-Hur. I don't know mm. if he was the best actor. Truly, he is the king of kings. Yeah, with his fucking fall season. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that movie's fine, but I don't think Charlton Heston is like, giving a fucking Marlon Brando-esque I mean, yeah, performance yeah, I mean, in that movie. That, he's fine in Ben-Hur. He's good. I mean, Ben-Hur's a great movie, but... It's kind of like how I was surprised that Russell Crowe... Not that he won, but that he won for Gladiator. But I feel like Ben-Hur that year was just a pop culture juggernaut. Oh, probably, Ben-Hur dominated you know. it was such a
0: huge deal.
1: Yeah. Well, as you'll see, Ben-Hur dominated this. So, uh, it's also nominated for Best Director for Jack Lade so take that, Lindsay Anderson. <laughs> uh, but the other nominees are George Stevens for The Diary of Anne Frank, Fred Zinneman for The Nun's Story, so I'm assuming that's the sequel to Black Mercy. Absolutely. Uh, Billy Wilder for Some Like It Hot. And the rest think the heat is on. And the winner, William Wyler for Ben-Hur. Yep. And the other nominee is Best Picture, but it does not win. Nominated. Other nominees are... Anatomy of a murder, The Diary of Anne Frank, The Nun Story, and the Winner. Ben Hur. Correct. But it wins two Oscars. Oh. It wins two Oscars. It wins Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Neil yep. Patterson. And you don't know about this, do you? Oh Best Actress for Simone Signore.
0: Fucking right. She deserves it. I'm I did not know that. I'm glad to hear that.
3: Oh thank you. <laughs> I thank you so much. I wanted to be very dignified and all that. <clears throat> I can't. You can't imagine what it is for, for me being French. You can't imagine. Uh, and I want to thank Jimmy Wolfe and Jack Clayton and Lawrence Harvey because it looks a little corny to say that, but you know that without them, I would have never been here tonight. Thank you so, so much.
1: Uh, the other nominees for that... Category or Doris Day for Polo Talk, Audrey Hepburn for The Nun Story, mm. Catherine Hepburn for Suddenly Last Summer. No relation, right? Catherine. I Audrey? don't believe so. Yeah. No, it's a weird thing. Yeah. I I always thought they were. I know. I always assumed that too. And Elizabeth Taylor for Suddenly Last Summer. So huh. it's a real, uh, it's a real. What happened to Baby Jane feud? There <laughs> clearly
0: there wasn't a strong enough role in Ben Hur for a female. Really weird (laughs) I remember
1: that being such a bastion Of like strong female characters Uh, But you know what Despite Simone Signore winning I mean all props to her But seriously the Oscars can suck my dick Oh Because at the BAFTAs The British Academy of Film and Television The only one that matters to this podcast The only one that matters It is nominated These are the nominations that don't win Best British actor for Lawrence Harvey Best British actor for Donald Wolfett, He plays Mr. Brown hmm. Best British actress, Hermione Baddeley Most promising newcomer For Mary Peach So Mary Peach plays the girl We didn't really talk about his friend a lot um, Charlie, I think is his name hmm. But, uh, or his co-worker or whatever um, Yeah, the guy that he meets at the beginning Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Solms. Guy he plays Snooker with Right, she plays his The girl he ends up being with a yeah. fiance eventually Place, I don't
0: remember her even hardly having a line in the movie.
1: She had a few. She yeah. was—I mean, she was fine. I—I I don't know about you know most promising I, newcomer. I guess but... she
0: was probably the newcomer in the movie, so she got the nom.
1: Yeah, it wins best British film, mm-hmm. best film overall, nice, and best actress Simone right huh. So she kind of dominates. She should. So to sum this all up, Room at the Top is number thirty-two on the BFI Top One Hundred. And like I said, I think it's my favorite kitchen sink drama we've done so far. But I think it packs the biggest emotional punch. And I think it might have the best acting out of any of those movies we've done. Yeah, Lawrence Harvey is a great like un... Expected choice to play kind of the lead role in this yeah. movie because he kind of looks like a slime ball. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we remember the slime ball that he was in Darling, so we, we
0: yeah. have that preconception. And also, but he, you think about like Rich, how Richard Harris looks in. in sporting life. Uh, in sporting life. Like he's a kind of a big, broad guy. You know, he's a bit of a, a goon. Whereas Lawrence Harvey's a much, much, for lack of a better word, kind of feminine guy in the sense that he's smaller, he's more slight, he's kind of got that, he's tall,
1: lanky. Yeah,
0: yeah, a very different type of actor,
1: and I mean they're all they're supported by great you know talent all around, great supporting players, and I mean it's an innovator for a reason. Like there's mm. a reason this kind of spawned a bunch of movies, much like Spawn. Did, did they have a bunch of sequels like the Transformers? Yes, I believe uh, room at the top three, uh, even roomier. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Age of Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's where, that's where they, they bring a cybernetic uh, 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 Alice back from the dead, you see. Yes. And she has to hunt down Susan for revenge. But Susan has raised her own army of robots to defend herself and to uh, retrieve the stone of
1: Joe. I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Consider it done. You're on the list. So yeah, do you have any last thought before we move on? No. Uh. Well, I mean, I'll just say like yeah,
0: this is an interesting movie. If you want to get a sense of like, you know, like fifties Britain, maybe of of the class struggle. End of fifties, yeah. If you're having your own class struggle, you might relate to this movie.
1: So check it out. But not like social studies class. No. Like class. Well, of like... maybe
0: maybe you will. Maybe maybe your uh, class issues will be like a relationship, and you'll want to take one class, but uh but You'll also want to take another class, and then one class gets drunk and drives its car off a cliff. And problem solved.
1: That's quite the description. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Jason, this is normally the part of the show where we would roll the dice. Yes, we would. We would roll the dice to get a number, and we would do the movie that is that number on the BFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. However, that is not what we were doing this week. You son of a bitch! I will fucking murder you. I will take you
0: outside and I'll put your face in the snow and I'll grind it into the ground and I'll beat your head in with a
1: stick. Because next week we are going to do a special rankings slash awards episode. Ooh, I don't have to watch a movie this week. You don't. You mean you can if you want. Oh, I mean, you, uh, well I might. You can watch a movie. You might just... watch Wing Commander. We'll see. <laughs> oh. Another podcast. (laughs) Uh, That might have actually already happened because I don't know when this is airing. (laughs) This is probably in the past. Just Google, just Google Wing Commander and see what comes up. Just Google Wing Commander and then write what were they thinking? Why not? (sighs) Which you can find on all the podcasters on iTunes, Spotify. Okay, sorry, I did it again. You didn't pay for that. I'll take it up with the producer. That's right. What's that? It's me again. God damn it. uh but anyway yeah so we're not going to roll the dice because next week we are going to rank the first 20 movies and uh, we, we can't believe we've done 20 movies already 20 movie- we're a fifth of the way through this list nuts yeah it is nuts so we're gonna rank the first 20 movies uh see where we kind of are with everything We'll figure it out. We'll I'm probably, not sure. If we have
0: any like any any like ancillary information we want to talk about we'll yeah. probably talk about it then. We'll
1: talk a little bit about each movie
0: like just to wrap it up. We might just bang our dicks against the mic for 45 minutes and see what it sounds like. That could happen. It's going to be
1: a weird week. It's good. It's, it's going to be weird. And then yeah, we'll give out some uh, some awards as it were. It is a week away, but we haven't quite decided yet how we're going to do the lists. We'll figure it out, guys. We'll figure it out, guys. Not sure if we're going to do one list between the two of us or two separate ones. Whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, all that being said, Jason, next week, we're it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. We're going Tune to wrap in. up the first quintile. What's the word? I guess that I guess quintile would be the more proper word. Is that's that, you know, that's the word most people use,
0: right? Sure, it's popular. Percentile, percentile, Quartile, quarter, quintile, quintile. The first
1: quintile. The first quintile. Uh, Prince Quinter? The fr- uh, quintile down under. Sure. Yes. Uh, the Tom Selleck film. <laughs> the first quintile of full screen and country. Jason, we're. Can you find us on Twitter? Well, I'll answer that for you. You can find for Screening Country at BFI underscore pod on Twitter. And we're wow. We're also on all the podcasters. We're on... Well, some of them. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Well, chances
0: are, if you're hearing this, you've... Uh, you figured that out? You figured that out. I'm just giving them alternate options. But if you're just listening to this on some Russian video site that it's been pirated to, be sure to check us up on uh, YouTube. Hit us up with those stats. YouTube. We're not on YouTube. We oh. should be on YouTube. Nah... Uh, People listen to podcasts on YouTube. I don't know why, but they do. I will.
1: Uh, I'm going to take a stand. Fuck YouTube. Spotify. We need to be on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Oh, we're. <laughs> Are we making lots of money? I literally just said Spotify. <laughs> we're on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. But right. what about Spotify, Brendan? God damn it, Jason. <laughs> For ScreeningCountry.Podbean.com. Again, I already said the Twitter. Where can you follow you on Twitter, Jason? I'm on Twitter at at Jason D. McLeod. That's M A C L
0: E O D. So follow me there. I wanted to say .com at the end of it, but that's
1: not what that is. He's nodding. Are you having a stroke? Yeah. Join us next week for rankings and awards. But until then, God save the Queen. God save the screen. For Screen and Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason.
0: British film. Hey, don't hey
3: hey gone by I got a room at the top of the world tonight. I can see everything. got a room where everyone can have a drink and forget those
2: things
3: that went wrong in their life. I got a room at the top of the
2: everyone i'm ashley and i'm justine and And we make up the cutaways Cutaways Podcast. podcast we're watching the good the bad and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre so far we've fallen in love with Cary grant met up with our terrible friend pal joey and had the desire to run our fingers through patrick dempsey's hair join our slumber party for your ears every other week Brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Cutaways Podcast. Bye!
1: It's late, it's time, let's check our Q baby Pair it with a couple
3: brooks, baby We love good movies We love
0: the bad ones, too so we watch them all and pass their ooh, lessons on to you. Ooh, oh yeah! up, up, up,
1: up, Everything
0: I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last black holes, and gratuitous movements, it's time to get busy
1: with your friend Steven is
2: at eilfm.podbean.com